The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show is coming to you on Friday, December 4th, as we get ready for the Giants to face the Seattle Seahawks on the road at Lumen Field in week 13 of the NFL season. Your Giants, of course, seeking a fourth consecutive victory. Uh, this week uh, be a tough week for the Giants. They'll be double-digit underdogs uh, going to Seattle, especially uh, facing the possibility that quarterback Daniel Jones, who injured a hamstring against the, the Cincinnati Bengals, seems unlikely to play. As I record on Friday morning, we don't know uh, for certain whether Jones will play or not, but it seems unlikely. Uh, we'll talk about the Jones injury, several other topics today on the show. We will also, a little bit later on, have an interview for you that I did with John Gilbert of Field Goals, the SB Nation website that covers the uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, as we prepare you guys for uh, for Sunday's game. Let's let's do this, Giants fans. Let's start with some discussion of Daniel Jones. I know that on Thursday we saw a little bit of, of video from some of the reporters at practice of Jones throwing and moving around a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously looks a little better than he did on Sunday when he had to come out of the game against the Bengals because he simply couldn't move around, couldn't protect himself, and uh, Colt McCoy had to take over. But listen, you know, I don't know what decision is ultimately going to be made. I would suspect that after not really practicing for two days, I would suspect that Daniel Jones will not play on Sunday. And to be honest with you, I'm fine with that. I think that is the prudent decision. Uh, if he is not 100% healthy, I don't want him out there. Uh, it's a hamstring. It's something that can easily be aggravated, easily be re-injured easily be made worse and I think that it is much more important for the Giants to to make sure that they have Jones 
you know, for as many of the, of the remaining games as possible. You never want to look at a game and, and, and say that, that the Giants are tanking it or not trying to win it or, or whatever. But this game against the Seattle Seahawks, who are playing really well at this point in time, uh, eight and three, this game shapes up as a really difficult game for the Giants to win, even with Daniel Jones. And I think that what, what Giants fans should want here is for the Giants to let Jones get healthy, make sure that he's 100% or as close to 100% as he can possibly be, make sure that there's as little chance of, of re-aggravating the injury as possible. So I have no problem at all with, with waiting a week, uh, before Jones gets back out there, uh, you know, letting Colt McCoy go ahead and, and play on Sunday against Seattle. And we'll see what happens during the game. All right. A couple of other things that I wanted to talk about, uh, this week. Interesting, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with the Giants offensive line with, with Mark Colombo being fired and Dave DeGuglielmo being hired as the, the new offensive line coach. We finally got a chance to speak to DeGuglielmo this week and, and I, I, I keep very carefully pronouncing his name because he actually went through it for us this week. And it is Day Ghoul Yelmo, which you wouldn't really expect when you looked at it as far as how the pronunciation goes. But that is how, how the name is pronounced. He doesn't blame anyone for just calling him Googe, which a lot of people seem to do. But uh, anyway... It was interesting and, and I was looking forward to hearing from him this week because, and to be honest, Daigle Yelmo has a reputation of being a little bit difficult to get along with. You know, maybe, maybe being a bit of an ogre has a reputation for maybe not being incredibly, uh, easy to interview, maybe not liking the media all that much. But I actually found uh, found Googe to be very much a uh, an engaging interview. He seemed to be pretty relaxed when we got a chance to talk to him uh, via Zoom video conference earlier in the week. He was pretty forthright about the the difficulty of coming into a situation like this, about how it's not ideal, you know, for him or for the players. But basically, you know, basically said they all have a job to do, uh, and, and that's what he's stressed to the players he's not going to reinvent the wheel he's not going to try to change everything he's just going to try to continue the progress that the Giants may have made so far this season interestingly he talked about the adjustment that he has to make himself in terms of of learning terminology in terms of of adapting you know his terminology and, and what he knows and what he calls things to the terminology that the Giants have been using under Jason Garrett so far this year. So he has to learn to speak the player's language. Although, you know, he may, he may tweak a technique. He may tweak, you know, a hand placement. He may tweak a little bit of how a double team is, is, uh, is blocked, but he has to use the tech, the terminology that Giants players have become accustomed to. So I, I, you know, I found it interesting just talking to, uh, to Googe and, and, and I, I actually came away, 
um, after listening to him, you know, with, with fewer concerns about the fit between DeGuglielmo and the Giants' uh, offensive linemen uh, than I perhaps had, you know, when we first heard about this move. You know, of course, the fact that the Giants' offensive line played exceptionally well Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals probably also helps in uh, in terms of of how I felt about uh, about that whole situation. All right, another topic to address is uh, the the Seattle offense that the Giants are going to be facing. This is obviously an incredibly explosive offense, third in the league in scoring, I believe, averaging 31 points a game. Guy who's a big center of attention for Seattle is DK Metcalf. And really, you know, I just wanted to mention that uh, at BigBlueView.com this week on Friday morning, we posted a big Metcalf feature, uh, talk, which uh, talks to uh, several of the Giants coaches, talks to uh, James Bradbury about his impressions of of Metcalf. You know, a six four guy, two thirty five, runs a four three three forty. You know, could easily be considered the best deep ball threat in the league. Guy that Giants defensive backs coach Jerome Henderson referred to as a big monster. Um, guy that Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, says is simply a, a unique talent. Um, a lot of interesting things in, in the piece on, on BigBlueView.com regarding Metcalf. Also spoke to... Uh, to Matt Waldman of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, guy who spends his career studying uh, skill players uh, entering the NFL and in the NFL, uh, one of the most knowledgeable uh, analysts that, that I know, uh, with some of his impressions of Metcalf and how you can try to defend him if you can defend him at all. So, interesting piece. I hope that you'll take the time to... Uh, to read it, uh, I know that that I felt really good about uh, about the work when I, when I was doing it, and, and I hope that that you guys enjoy that as well. All right, last thing to uh, talk about here before we get to the interview that I did with John Gilbert, <clears throat> just want to talk a little bit about the the NFC East, which of course the Giants lead heading into Week 13. You're looking at the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. At Green Bay Packers this week, when we look at around the rest of the division on Monday, we look at the Washington football team at the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And on Tuesday, we have the Dallas Cowboys playing the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, obviously the NFC East teams will be underdogs in all of the games that they play this, this week. Uh, significant underdogs, as a matter of fact. Interestingly, you know, SB Nation does the uh, the SB Nation reacts polling each week, and I just wanted to mention that the the confidence rating of Giants fans after three straight wins and heading into Week 13 is up to 84 percent of the folks who who voted in that poll. Please, you know, sign up for SB Nation reacts if you. Uh, if you haven't done so already so that you can participate in uh, in that polling but uh you know it's interesting you know and that doesn't necessarily mean that 84% doesn't necessarily mean that 84% of fans think the giants are going to win on sunday 
simply means that 84% feel good about the direction in which the team is going. And, and after three straight wins and, and, you know, getting to four and seven after a, an 0 and 5 start, I, I think I can, I can justify, you know, that high percentage of fans feeling, feeling that good about, about their team. Uh, when it comes to playoff odds, couple of, uh, sites that use, you know, mathematical formulas to, to figure out playoff percentages. Football Outsiders has the Giants as the favorite to win the NFC East, uh, with a 40.5% chance of, of winning the division. Uh, 538, another site that uses a, uh, a proprietary formula to figure those things out has the Giants as the favorite at, at roughly 38%. You know, those things don't mean anything in the long run. Just uh, just point them out to indicate that that people are looking at the Giants as a a serious threat to win, you know, the the very weak NFC East in 2020. Something else that I wanted to mention is that uh, as I have said during the week, I wrote a column about uh, progress versus playoffs. And, you know, my, my point being that it, it is nice to talk about playoffs, but the Giants season still comes down to the idea of progress, the idea of getting better. And, you know, I asked Joe Judge earlier in the week, you know, whether playing big games like this could help that progress. And, and he really didn't, uh, he really didn't give a, a straight answer to that question, but to me, it is something. You know, you have young team in a lot of ways with a lot of young players who haven't played big December football. For me, playing in and hopefully winning some of these games, hopefully having some success, is a thing that could and should help this team and help these younger players going forward. So, I mean, I still think that this season is more about progress than it is about playoffs. This team is not complete. This team is not where it wants to be. This team is not a championship contender yet. But getting the opportunity to play big, meaningful football games in December is a step forward and something that has to be considered a good thing, you know, for this team and this franchise. All right, let's do this, Giants fans. Let's take a quick break for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When we come back, I will be talking to John Gilbert of Field Goals about Sunday's Giants-Seahawks matchup. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or two million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. 
That way, every one of your teams from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. And uh, right now we're going to uh, talk about Sunday's Giants-Seahawks matchup with John Gilbert of Field Goals. John, thank you very, very much for uh, for joining the show. How you doing? I am good, and thank you for having me. So uh, let's let's start let's start with this. It's you know it's it's a weird year, and I know you know Seattle, the twelfth man, all that all that stuff with with the fan base and and how how crazy it is to to play there as a visiting team how weird is it to to watch the Seahawks play you know with you know with, with nobody there uh it's definitely been different i mean simply because of the lack of noise i mean you know i remember watching i mean particularly the game that jumps out when everybody talks about the crowd noise and everything is the 2005 game between the seahawks and the giants when the crowd noise was crazy and it was false start after false start it seemed like for the giants uh made things difficult to operate obviously that's for all visiting teams but it's just it hasn't been that way this season, but the home field advantage hasn't really been the same thing for the Seahawks the past couple of seasons. They haven't been as dominant at home. So, you know, whether that, whether the lack of crowd noise is actually having an effect or not, I'm not certain, but they are, you know, they're, they're actually playing better at home this year than they were last season. So maybe no fans is a way to go going forward. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, Seattle's unbeaten at home so far this year. That is correct. So, yeah. So, so let me ask you about this. Let me ask you about the, uh, the, the phenomenon known as, as DK Metcalf. I mean, what, after Monday night's performance, I mean, you know, what is there to say about this guy? I mean, he's just, he's got all the physical tools. He's just an absolute beast. Uh, he's all, you know, he's basically like a very, very fast running back out on the edge going up against a lot of defensive backs who he's mismatched against. He's had trouble with the larger defensive backs who have been able to you know, play somewhat physical with him, match him with their speed and his size, you know, not identically, but, you know, Jay Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey for the Rams gave him some issues. Um, but when, if they, he did, if he has the size advantage and when he's able to open up the Jets and put the throttle into full go, you know, it's, it's, he's got the, it's scary enough for defenses that he could take the top off on any play. So they seem to have been giving him big cushions, which has opened up a lot of underneath and intermediate routes for him. You know, this is, this is a different Seattle team, really. It's, it's the, the let Russ cook Seattle Seahawks this year. It's sort of a, a high flying, high scoring, 
you know, up and down the field, you know, big play team that that's different than than the Seattle teams that that we've seen in the past. I mean, how much fun is it to watch Seattle play that way? Uh, it's I love it. I know there are others who dislike it. There are others who prefer the, you know, the grinded out the the ground game, the Marshawn Lynch and the Chris Carson, and they were hoping for a two headed monster attack between Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson this season. But I'm I'm absolutely loving it. You know, Russell Wilson is one of the top quarterbacks in the game. He's one of the most da- he's got dangerous weapons in Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You add in some of the other you know receiving threats at the tight end position. Will Disley, obviously Greg. Olson is on injured reserve now, but he was there for a minute. Um, and it's just, you've got this tool in Russell Wilson, who is one of the most dangerous quarterbacks, one of the most dangerous offensive weapons in the league, and they've been making him hand the ball off for the past couple seasons. And so it's kind of frustrating to watch that and to see close games and to not have, you know, a, an offense that's as potent as it could have been. And so this year to, to have an offense that's scoring, you know, putting 31 points per game on the board, which is third in the league, is it, I love it and I'm greatly enjoying it. You know, the flip side of that is that Seattle's defense hasn't been what we're accustomed to and I mean throughout the first half of the season it was I mean that the word that comes to mind is abysmal and the, the 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 little bit that I've seen of of Seattle the last couple of weeks it seems like or it feels like that defense is is getting somewhat better to at least you know maybe being a a representative group um is is that impression, you know, is that impression that I have kind of from, from the other side of the country, uh, it, is that the right impression you think? It, they've certainly played better the last couple of weeks and you know, they're definitely not, they're not going to be mistaken for the Legion of Boom anytime soon, but they have, they've gotten some key players back from injury. Jamal Adams was out with a, a groin injury. They had Shaquille Griffin out for several weeks. That was half their starting secondary. Uh, the other starting member of their secondary was out. Quentin Dunbar was battling injury, trying to play through it, and was just it was not very good at all for a lot of the time that he was trying to play through the injury. Add in the addition of Carlos Dunlap as a pass rusher. Add in defensive end Rasheem Green coming back from a. a early season neck injury and it has the defense has has seen some additions through the return from injury and at the same time they're not playing you know the bills and the other teams that may have quite as potent an offense you know the Dallas Cowboys with Dak at quarterback or the Falcons uh early in the season and so they they haven't they haven't faced quite the offensive opponent. I mean, the Eagles are far from an offensive juggernaut, but it was good to see the team hold an opponent under 20 points. Obviously, with the Jets, the Giants, and Washington up, you know, coming up, the defense may have a chance to to perform and you know look better than it did in the half, first half of the season. Whether that will be because they're because of competition or because of players returning from injury or whether it's improvement or a combination of all of those we'll have to see. But it, I think you are correct that it feels like the defense may be playing better, but whether it's just them playing better or whether it's other factors, I think, you know, we'll have to wait and see in the coming weeks to see what, what actually unfolds. You know, Seattle is one of those teams. You look at the NFC and, and you just don't know who's going to come out of the NFC and, and, and represent the conference in, in the Super Bowl. 
I, you know, Seattle to me is one of the teams that, that you would put in the mix when you talk about the, the group of teams, Green Bay, maybe Tampa Bay. If, if Tom Brady and Bruce Arians can get on the same page. Um, but I guess the question is, you know, you said it's a lot of fun to watch Seattle kind of, you know, throw the ball and, and go up and down the field. And, and we talked about their defense a little bit from the fan base. I mean, is the expectation still that, that this team should be, you know, a team that, that has an opportunity to, to compete? you know, for a Super Bowl or do you, do you look at this and say, you know, it's, it's nice to watch. It's fun to watch, but playing defense, the way Seattle's played it most of the season that, that there's really, you know, there's really no way they can get to a Super Bowl. I think there's a decent split. I mean, obviously at five and oh, a lot of fans were ready to go ahead and, you know, put the buy tickets for that first round, you know, the first round buy and see things right into the divisional round. Uh, and then they had the stretch where they lost three of four and kind of where ex- the defense got even more exposed than it had been to start the season. And so I think right now there's a good mix where there's a lot of fans who are still convinced that it's a good team and that there were just pieces missing and that they got to come back for, with those pieces coming back from injury or addi- through addition, other additions that they'll be fine and they'll be a, a threat through the, through the year. And that I think there, excuse me, there is a good portion of the fan base that sees the defense as, as enough of a weakness that they probably, you know, they, they're going to have a chance in the postseason because of how potent the offense is, but a defense that is that big of a liability, they may not be able to compete. And then there's a portion of the fan base that says, look, we've got Russell Wilson. As long as we've got Russell Wilson, we've always got a chance. We'll always be in the game. So it's certainly a divided fan base. Certainly they want to, you know, hope for the best and want to see them win. But it's, it's kind of split in that, that regard. And myself personally, I'm in the camp where I think they, they have a shot with Russell, as long as Russell Wilson's that quarterback, you know, is the defense a liability? Absolutely. Will that probably, you know, be a liability that's big enough to end their season at some point in the postseason? And probably. Um, but again, with Russell Wilson at quarterback, if you can score every time you have the ball, you only have to stop the opponent once. So. <laughs> You know, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, I kind of like that. Let's just turn it into arena football. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I have to ask you, you know, one of the guys that you have added to the defense in Seattle is a former giant, a guy that some people in the Giants fan base were, were sort of unhappy about when the when the Giants traded him a couple of seasons ago to the Detroit Lions and more or less the Giants have been proven right about making that trade you know because he's not the player that he used to be and of course I'm talking about Damon Snacks Harrison and and what I want to ask you is I know Seattle brought him in you know put him on the practice squad for a few weeks and now they've used him in the last 3 or 4 games why did Seattle bring him in? You know, what are they hoping to get from him? And, and, and how well or how poorly has, has Snacks played for Seattle so far? 
He's, uh, you know, I think a lot of fans expected him to jump in and simply be, you know, a dominant nose tackle or dominant big defensive tackle from the get go. And that certainly hasn't been the case. You know, it's, he, he had no offseason. He had no training camp. He had, you know, a few weeks as a on the practice squad. But he had to get into shape, obviously. He moved his whole family out to Seattle so that he didn't have to be away from them. And it's, you know, he's he's played very sparingly. I mean, he's played only 63 snaps so far through the three games that he has played. And whether, you know, whether he's simply been a depth player because they've had a couple of injuries on the interior of the defensive line or whether they have a bigger role for him as the season progresses, we'll have to see. But he, he certainly has not, as you mentioned, you know, the Giants appeared to be, you know, to have been proven correct with that trade a couple of years ago. And then this year, there were a lot of fans who were very disappointed with his his first couple of of performances in that they felt that he got pushed around. They felt that, you know, he didn't contribute as much as they had anticipated or as much as they had hoped for. In particular, his first game, you know, he played 19 snaps in the loss to the Rams where the Rams kind of ran on the on the Seahawks more than other teams had in the past. And that was kind of upsetting to some fans. So we'll see how he fits in. But so far he hasn't been, he hasn't stepped in and been the kind of, you know, all pro run stuffer in the middle that he was five or six years ago in the prime of his career where he absolutely shut things down between the guards. Yeah. I always thought with, with, uh, snacks that, you know, it is sometimes, you know, when the, the Giants were at the time, you know, they're a losing team. They weren't going anywhere. He was making a lot of money. He was a very good player at the time. And, and my feeling was, especially with a guy making that kind of money. I mean, he's a 350-pound man who has had some knee issues in the past. I always felt like it's better to to move on a little bit too early than it might be to be stuck with a guy, you know, too late. And, and that's how I how I felt with Snacks and I mean, I hope he contributes. It's if he wants to continue to play, you know, then then fine, but but my two cents is that I don't think Seattle fans should expect the Snacks Harrison of three or four years ago. And I, you know, and what we've seen so far through his first three games is certainly, you know, is certainly not the Snacks Harrison of years past. Um, and, you know, just like you say, it could be, you know, knees don't hold up well and they don't age well, you know, into your thirties, especially when you're 350 pounds and getting, you know, taking the pounding that defensive linemen take in the NFL. So, you know, you, you may be very spot on with that assessment. John, last thing for you, obviously the last time I looked at the line here, uh, Seattle was a double digit favorite. I think the line was at 10 the giants are entering this game. More than likely at this point, you know, with a, with the backup quarterback with Colt McCoy, uh, having to play Sunday you know, with Daniel Jones, uh, you know, nursing the, the hamstring issue. And, you know, as we record this, I know that the Giants haven't yet ruled Jones out of that game, but I, I can't see, I can't see Jones playing on, on Sunday. I just don't, I don't think it would be smart even if, even if he could get out there. Um, so I guess what I want to ask you is obviously Seattle's a, a heavy favorite here. Obviously the Seahawks 
should win this game. If the Giants are going to win it, if the Giants are going to come into Seattle and, and pull off an upset, what's the path? How do they do that? You know, it's uh, the what we've seen uh, from the Seahawks so far this season. The teams that have managed to defeat them, the Bills, the Cardinals, and the Rams, they've won the turnover battle. They've frustrated Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, they've pressured him in the pocket, and they have forced him into – they've hit him early and often, and they forced him into situations where it was, you know, third and long – definite passing situations where you knew the pass was coming and then they've pressured him or shown pressured, simulated pressure into, you know, turnovers and interceptions. And that is what has led to the three losses the Seahawks have. And so now it's, you know, if the Giants are going to do that, it's going to be, you know, a matter of frustrating the Seahawks offense, slowing down the run game, frustrating Russell Wilson in passing situations and forcing him to turn the ball over, whether it's sacking him, strip sacks or, you know, interceptions. And that's, that that's the the path to beat the Seahawks because it you know as as much as the Giants offense might struggle the Seattle defense has struggled all you know as much or more uh during the year and so it's you know it is one of those things where yes the Giants offense hasn't been fantastic but the the Seahawks defense has played poorly through the year so you know which will something's got to give which one will it be Oh, it'll help if we can just get, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to take Sunday off. Can we, can, can we arrange that? Uh, you'll have to take that up with the team. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John, hey, I appreciate your, uh, your spending a few minutes with me, folks. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking for some Seahawks coverage during the week, uh, leading up to Sunday's game, make sure you check out, uh, all the, all the great work at, at field goals. And, uh, John, thanks again for, uh, for joining the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's an enjoyable game on Sunday. It will be if, you know, as, as long as it's not a, a 30 point blowout and as long as the Giants don't lose any more quarterbacks, I think we're okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks again. All right, Giants fans. That's our show for today. We thank you as always for listening. We remind you to please subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Please check out all of the Giants Seahawks coverage that we have available on our Giants Seahawks hub page at BigBlueView.com. Remember to uh, come back to Big Blue View Radio Sunday evening after the game for the the quick thoughts on the game from uh, Chris Flum and, and Joe DeLeon on the Chris and Joe show. Uh, please check out the uh the work that Nick Filato does, his NFL show on Monday, the fantasy football show he does on Friday. And uh, Giants fans, please remember in these these difficult, crazy times, please remember to take care of each other and stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.